and lead with strengths. So often I see parents when they're talking about their child first talk about where they fall short. Well, he has this, he's this, he's that. Instead of starting with my child, he is so incredibly curious. He has an explorer's brain. And when he is out and about in the world, he is the first to find things, the first to help you find something. He just has an eye for it. It is amazing. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today I'm bringing to you a conversation with the fantastic Dr. Robin Silverman, a child and adolescent developmental specialist with a focus on character education and body self-esteem development during childhood, adolescence, and young adulthood. As a strong believer that children are assets to be developed, not deficits to be managed, Robin's work reflects a positive approach that shows that with the right tools, all young people have the ability to thrive and succeed. Robin also recently launched her own podcast called How to Talk to Kids About Anything, which is so helpful as it provides practical language, scripts, and tips for making even the toughest conversations and parenting situations easier. She's also a frequent guest on the Today Show, Good Morning America, and a whole bunch of other media, so she may already be on your radar. Dr. Robin has so much information to share, and this is definitely one of those rich conversations with lots of insights and useful nuggets. But the core focus of our conversation is character development and self-growth, and how we as parents can best nurture the values and character traits that are so important to us in our Differently Wired Kids. Again, we cover a lot in this talk. If you're like me, you're going to have at least one or two aha moments over the next half hour. I hope you enjoy it. And before I get to the episode, a quick invitation to take part in our free virtual Differently Wired 7-Day Challenge on Tilt Parenting. The challenge features short daily videos and a private Facebook group, all centered around helping parents be intentional and purposeful in parenting their atypical kids. The challenge is free and it's ongoing. If you want to join us, sign up at tiltparenting.com slash seven day. And now I'll get on with the show. Hi, Robin. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited we're doing this. We met so many years ago through Jess Wiener. I I don't even know how many years, maybe 10 years ago or something. It was a long time ago. It really was. A lot of projects ago and a lot of time ago. Exactly. And it's been really fun for me to see your brand and work develop. And I'm just excited to have you on the show today. So could you, before we kind of dive into our conversation, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do with parents and... You have so many areas of expertise in how you work with parents, but tell, tell us a little bit about your, your core interests and your personal why. Sure. You know, I would say my main focus is helping the adults in children's lives to see them as assets to be developed rather than deficits to be managed. You know, every single child comes in with an amazing amount of strengths, but often they're covered over by what I refer to as dirty laundry. You know, you've got to dig a little bit sometimes because they've been labeled, they've been, you know, made to feel inferior in different ways. They're carrying around wounds and scars. And so many kids have these strengths that, you know, that some very few people might see. And yet, you know, 
uh, we as a whole need to need to really help them to uncover them so that other people can see them and they can really see them for themselves. So that would be my main focus. I do that through speaking. Uh, I speak on leadership, strength finding rather than fault finding. Uh, I speak on bullying, body image, um, and and bringing about character in children. And I'm also an author. I've I've written books. I've contributed to over 20 books. And I, I write articles on character education and parenting. And I write a curriculum called Powerful Words, which provides scripting and uh, a full curriculum for after-school programs around the world so that they can deliver a program to the kids that are at their facilities, whether it's uh, martial arts or gymnastics, swim, dance, cheer, uh, and they can sit down with the kids when the kids are so excited to be there. They see these, these coaches, these teachers as their mentors, their superheroes. And they allow uh, that exchange to happen about really interesting topics. So I'd say those are the things that I'm doing. And I I also um, do a lot with parents on how to talk to kids about all different topics, whether it's stress management or big feelings, bullying, divorce, sex, you know, and all different topics. How do you talk to kids about these topics and help them? to understand them and then have the character when they are faced with frustrating situations to behave in ways that you know would be a great example of who they truly are. Wow. And even just hearing you describe all of that, you are working in so many different areas. And I'm realizing we could talk about we could probably do an entire series with you. Mm. For the focus of today, we're going to talk about character. But I just wanted to follow up on what you said. For I love the way that you talk about assets and not deficits. I mean, that's mm-hmm. clearly a huge foundational tenet for tilt is that we don't look at these things as deficits, but rather differences. And I actually have another guest who who's going to be on the podcast. And by the time this airs, we'll have been on and we talk specifically about that idea of finding strengths. And that's such a huge, important part. And it is so counter, I think, to the way society in general treats differences. Yes, it's true. So I love that idea of kind of flipping that on its head. And I'm just curious in the way that you talk to parents about that and getting them to start to look at their children's differences and or their dirty laundry, as you say, do you find that a lot of your work is helping parents kind of reflect on their own baggage? Like, is it a lot of it, their own stuff they bring to the table? It often is. Like, look, I was just writing about this on, on my Facebook page the other day, and I said it this way, parent the child you have, not the child you thought you had, not the child you wished you had, not the child you were told you were gonna have. Parent the child you have. Because when you do that, that's when you see their strengths. And when you can see their strengths, that's when you know they become all that they can be. When we see our, our kids in terms of their deficits, then they can do no right. When we look at them and see you know, their, their kindness, their open-mindedness, their curiosity, whatever it might be that says, this is who I am, that's when you know, they can do great things for the world. That's when their gift starts to make sense because you are the main contender in their lives. You're their superhero. You're the one that they go to. 
And when we can see them for that, it's really important. But we, you know, it's not to say it's not difficult because, you know, when we conceptualize what it means to be a parent and we think of the child that we're going to parent, we often picture something very specific. We might picture ourselves as a child. We might picture our brothers or sisters. We may picture our friends' kids. And they are athletes or they are great musicians. They're amazing writers. They're, you know, really outgoing and can talk your ear off from the moment that they walk in. Uh, But that may not be your kid. So I think it's not just, you know, baggage in terms of, oh, I wish my kid was uh, an athlete, but baggage in terms of who you thought you were going to get. And then you have this child in front of you and it's not at all what you thought. And, right. and, and so now, you know, you have to move forward and that doesn't mean, you know, I remember, you know, you know reading something of, you know, th- that idea that when you have a child in front of you who doesn't meet what you thought it was going to be, that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad thing, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it just means that it's a, di- it's going to be different and different can be really good. Absolutely. And it is a lot of, It's a lot of just letting go and surrendering, which I think is an ongoing process. You know, I I remember when Asher was younger, I kept thinking, okay, at a certain point, I'm going to come to full acceptance of what's going on. Like that was my goal. And, you know, that's when the book Far From the Tree had come out and I watched his TED talk and I'm like, I can do this. But I was trying to force acceptance and realize that over time that it really is a constant kind of evaluation of what you thought it was going to look like, and then acknowledging that's not what's going on, and then letting go a little more. It's a journey. Yes, exactly. It's a journey. And you have to, you know, go on that journey with an open heart and an open mind instead of this is what it was going to be. This Mm -hmm. is what I thought. And I, you know, we all let go in different ways. I mean, honestly, we adopted both of our kids, and I love them dearly. Did I think that that was the route that I was going to go down when I, you know, first thought about parenting? No, but you know, you open your heart and you open your mind and guess what? You know, you wind up with some incredible people in your life Mm -hmm. because of this newness, this difference. Yeah. I love that. Love the way you phrase that. Okay. Well, let's shift into our conversation then. We're, we're going to spend today talking about character. And I know that's a lot of the work you do is around recognizing and building character. So before we get into that, could you define what, what do you mean by character mm-hmm. and why do you think that is such an important thing for us to be considering as we raise our kids? Well, I think of character as who you are, you know, and hopefully what you do to express who you are. You want those pieces to match. I I think of it when I'm explaining it to kids is what you do when all eyes are on you and when all eyes look away. Hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of messages that tell us that things need to be bigger and faster and the best and the most and the most expensive. And really character is where behavior starts and ends. It's how do our children show respect for others and themselves, you know, the environment, the animals, the people they know, the people they love, are they disciplined? Will they persevere? You know, what are they going to do in the tough circumstances when they can be impulsive, but they pull back, you know, when they are given the option to do the wrong thing and they do the right thing, 
when they're given the option to participate and they step up or do they, you know, walk away and opt out. So really character is who you are and and what you do. And it's so important that we teach this to our kids, that we talk about it, because while our kids are who they are, character does not happen by osmosis. You know, the, doing the right thing in a tough situation is not easy. And we need to talk about it. We need to show it. Um, we need to have high expectations so that our children, you know, move forward and do do the right thing because they, we've given them the foundation. Mm-hmm. When does that start in your experience? I mean, is it really from day one or when are kids really starting to develop their character? I like to do it from day one. I, I usually tell parents that the, the day one stuff is not about the kid. It's about you, right? So you're the one who's practicing. This is what I'm going to say to you when you're three or when you're five, you know, here's how I'm going to, going to explain this. And you're just practicing how to talk about these tough topics, especially when you're feeling like I'm going to fumble through this one. You know, I'm not good about taking, talking about making mistakes or um, in my case, you know, when, when it was, you know, talking about adoption or, you know, whatever it might be that you are able to practice having those conversations when you're talking to an infant because mm-hmm. they can't, you know, they're not, they're not truly understanding what you're saying. So, you know, this is the time to practice that. But as they're getting older and, you know, they, they, you know, that babies start to receive information. They really understand what's going on. They may not be able to express it in all the ways that we do, but they are are taking things in. So what do you do when you get frustrated? You know, what do you do when you make a mistake? Are you showing responsibility? Um, You know, do you react in, in a particular way when the stakes are high and your, your baby, your toddler sees those things. They take them in what's right and what's wrong, because whatever you're doing in their eyes is going to be right, because that's what they see all the time, these very young kids. Hmm. And then, you're, you know, you have the children around you who maybe have playgroups or, you know, they're, they're around other kids. And you say, you know, this is how we share and this is why it's important. Are they going to get every aspect of it when they're really young? No. But as they get older, they take in more and more. And it's important for us to to keep providing the information so that as they can understand it, they take it in and then they reflect it back to you. As you're talking, this article came to mind that I read a number of years ago in New York Magazine, and it was about children and lying and the fact that they learn mm-hmm. how to lie from their parents. You remember That's when right. that came out? I, I absolutely do. Yes. So. I imagine that there's a lot of kind of accidental character development that's happening. I love that accidental character (laughs) development. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you think about like, what did your parents do when you misbehaved? You know, what did your parents do when they didn't feel like going to work that day? Did they get on the phone and lie to their boss? What do your parents do when they're watching sports on TV or in person? You know, are they screaming at people? Are they saying, you know, hey, that was a good hit for the other team, even though it wasn't the team that they were rooting for? Each piece of that, you know, each thing that we do creates a script in the heads of our kids. And it's, it also creates a play by play, the playbook of how to react in different situations. 
That is terrifying to me. (laughs) I mean, I'm just thinking, and I have been challenged in this particular time in this post election season of how we talk about things that we don't agree with with Asher and how we speak respectfully about people who have differing views. And it's really tricky. And it what a huge responsibility. And that's just scary to me. But of course, they're watching and listening to everything. They are. And if we want our children to grow up to become adults with character, they need to see adults with character, you know, in action. (laughs) But please don't think you need to be perfect. I I feel like one of the best lessons that I can teach my kids, anybody, a parent can teach their kids is making mistakes and learning from them. You know, uh, if you're challenged in the, you know, in that area of like, you know, being able to speak about these difficult times, you know, in the political environment um, with your kids without, you know, getting really revved up and pissed off and, you know, saying really negative things about certain people, you know, then you just say that, you know, you say, look, I'm a human being and so are you. And this thing really makes me angry. And I'll tell you at the core of it, it's because I really value respect or I really value this. You know, this is why this really, you know, makes me feel angry and it's something that I'm working on and I, I'm trying to, you know, use, you know, calming down ac- activities and you know, take a <laughs> breath and, you know, whatever you talk through it, but you don't need to be perfect. And even if you look back, I always say parenting is the ultimate do over, you know, look back and say, you know, when I, we talked about, you know, that one issue that came up in the news yesterday and here's what I said, I kind of wish I didn't say that. Here's what I wished I said. Because, you know, I think it's it's more representative of who I am as a person and, mm. and, and and just do it over. It's totally okay to do it over. You have access to this person all the time. So that's true. You that's true. You're good. Okay. So I was freaked out. I'm already feeling totally fine. Oh good. I'm so sad. <laughs> we'll be right back after this quick break. There's so much more to maintaining a healthy gut microbiome than eating a balanced and healthy diet travel, certain medications, and of course, something many of us have plenty of in our daily life, stress, are just some of the other factors that can totally throw off our systems. Enter Ritual. They created Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Their supplement includes two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains to support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gas, and diarrhea. I like Symbiotic Plus because it delivers all this goodness in one single nested minty delayed released capsule designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract. And because the capsules don't require refrigeration, I just keep them on my desk so that I get that helpful visual cue every morning. Plus, they're easy to bring with me when I travel. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary of Gotcha Day when we adopted our sweet Haskell, my cat who acts like a dog, plays fetch, and who I'm pretty sure has sensory processing differences. Are you getting a new pet soon? That means you'll need to think about getting the necessities like food, toys, a bed. Something you may not be thinking about, though, is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. 
The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. So how do you help or, or do you help parents kind of identify what their core values or characteristics are? Is it something that we need to set aside time to consciously reflect on and get clear on together with our partner? Or do you find that most parents kind of do it subconsciously? Well, I think we do it subconsciously. I mean, when I'm doing this, I've talked about these issues, you know, in morning shows that I've been on, I've talked about them, you know, as a speaker, when I go around and, and speak to different organizations and schools and different nonprofits or, you know, camps, whatever, whoever brings me in, we talk about this. And I like to ask, I ask them a couple of questions and I think that they would be, you know, useful here. It's, you know, what would you want people to say about your kids? You know, when you're not there, what would you hope your, your children do or say, mm-hmm. you know, in, in tough situations? And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what would your kids say is really important to you? You know, there's there's been those studies that have come out that have said, you know, the, the children believe that the most important things to parents these days is how they're performing in school, you know, how they do academically. Mm-hmm. And and parents are like, wait, what? No, that's not the most important thing to me. What's most important is that you're kind to others. You know, my most important thing is that you finish what you start. My most important thing is that you, you know, show respect for yourself and, and uh, you know, you you stand up for your friends, whatever it might be. So we need to convey it pretty consciously now Mm. because kids are getting this other thought in their head that the most important thing, because of all these messages that are coming out, that the most important thing is how they're performing academically or that they're the best, you know, athletically or, you know, whatever they may be getting subconsciously. So I'd say, you know, if you feel like, you know, you're not delivering the message with a punch that that might be a time to ask your kids, what do you think is most important to us? You know, about, about who you are and how you act, you know, what's, what do you think is the most important thing? And, and my kids, I'm sure I've, they've said it before that they know it's a very important that I, that people are kind and thoughtful. I so unbelievably important to me, partly from my own history and, you know, partly just it's what I do. But I want kids, I want everyone to be kind and thoughtful person and, and respectful to themselves and others. So you, can your kids say that? And, and if not, you know, that's worth a conversation, you know, over dinner in the car. And, you know, in, in certain situations, what would I hope you do in those situations? 
So you can do it consciously and you don't have to be like, okay, today we're going to have a conversation about this. You just say, you know, hey, I was listening to this podcast and I was just wondering, you know, what do you think is most important to to us mm-hmm. about who you are, what you do as a person? It's such a great question. Yeah, I think it would uncover a lot and then the conversation will just come from there. I do, uh, you know, at the dinner table, we sometimes do these questions. We we actually have these questions in a jar that um, I've developed through my own stuff. And actually, I'm going to be making available sometime this summer to people who are involved with my podcast and, and my book. But, you know, the, there's questions that the kids love. You know, they love finding out the answers to these questions. We go around the table and ask of everybody. So it's not just the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what would you do in this situation? Or, you know, what does it mean to have, you know, great sportsmanship? Or, you know, what did you do today that was really kind or, or courageous? You know, and, and these types of questions, when we're talking about them to kids, they're answering them and we're learning about them, but then they're hearing from us. You know, what, what did daddy do that was courageous today? Right. You know, isn't that interesting? Yeah, absolutely. And I also, I think kids love hearing our stories, like, about when we were kids as well. They really, I mean, Asher will be like, tell me another story about that. Can you think of another example when this happened or when you felt this way? And so yeah, that's great. And I we are going to be having this conversation at dinner. I'm excited. I love that. Good stuff. So I have a question, which I'll see how clearly I can phrase it. But there are so many of us raising differently wired kids who's Because of the way their child is wired, the way that they are showing up in the world, especially when they're younger and they are potentially, their behavior is more challenging or more intense than their peers and and in the eyes of many people inappropriate. And they may not be kind of embodying the characters or values that are so important to us. And, you know, I'll just say from personal experience, this was really, really challenging for me because one of my highest values is empathy and, mm. and connection. And I had a child who, though now is an incredibly empathetic human being, he didn't really display any of that when he was younger. And that's really difficult for parents to kind of see this huge disconnect between their what they value And then their child isn't reflecting that at all. So I'm wondering if you have thoughts about how parents can kind of go about going through that in a way that doesn't kind of make them feel despair that their child's never going to get this, or that their child doesn't really embody the things that they feel are so important. This is really hard. And it's difficult not to compare. Uh, I call it the fictitious Facebook family. It's alive (laughs) and well. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we're given opportunities to compare our children to others every day. Mm -hmm. It is the first thing that some people see in the morning, the last thing that they see at night. And it's, you know, oh, we had the best weekend, my child. So, uh, gosh, it's very, (laughs) very hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we're the ones who really see our children and we know their strengths. We know everybody's not the same. And your child may seem behind in a certain area but they may be really ahead in other areas. And I would challenge people to relabel their children in their own heads based on strength. You know, how do you talk about your child? And yes, of course, you know, what, what do you hope, you know, they develop? And what do you want them to develop? You want to surround your kids and yourself with the type of people who see your kids for their strengths. 
You want to talk about your own shortcomings and, you know, what you did to work on them and, and talk about them as, you know, these are, these were my challenges and this is something that I did to work on them. This is how it it challenged me, but this is when I started to see myself move forward in that area. And lead with strengths. So often I see parents when they're talking about their child first talk about where they fall short. Well, he has this, he's this, he's that. Instead of starting with my child, he is so incredibly curious. He has an explorer's brain. And when he is out and about in the world, he is the first to find things, the first to help you find something. He just has an eye for it. It is amazing. Hmm. Instead of starting with, you know, my child, when everybody's playing a game, is the last one to join in. He's not the empathetic one. If somebody gets hurt, he's not the one to run over. You want to first talk about your child in terms of their strengths and really talk about it in your own head, even as they're working on their challenges. And find mentors for your child especially when you feel challenged in a particular area and you're like, I just can't be the one who works on it with my child, that you find the right people to work on those skills with your child Mm -hmm. so that it's kind of behind the curtain a little bit. Right. And yes, you know, they're, they're making progress, but that it's not an area where you're working on it every day, you know, and, and feeling frustrated and irritated because that can backfire. And then I'd say diversify your, your child's friendship circles so that they're, they're with all different types of people. My child might do best with, you know, children who are a little bit calmer and, you know, they might be, you know, more, you know, into doing this particular mutual interest, but the children that they're exposed to all the time happen to be this other way. And then you wind up seeing the challenge more and more, right? The frustration level is really high or, mm-hmm. you know, they can't deal with the noise and they, you know, they feel intimidated. So you want to give them the right situation as well so that they can, you know, they can move forward. But I know that it's very easy to, you know, to compare and say, you know, my child is behind in this area, especially when it's really important to you. And I would, I would say to people, try to look for the small incremental changes, because if you look back and you say, you know, my child was not showing empathy in this particular area, I would say that, you know, your son's 12, there were incremental changes, small things that happened. Now you're looking back and my, your child, when he was seven, may have been one way, mm-hmm. but there were slight changes over time. Oh, wow. He, he noticed that I was sad in this particular, at this particular time. Mm-hmm. That's a win. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. That's a win. Yeah, I think you're so right with that. You know, I call it comparing and despairing, but it is so, especially those of us who are raising kids who are moving through the world differently, there's so much comparison that goes on because so, there is this, you know, quote unquote, normal standard that our kids aren't fitting into. And even just you mentioning the importance of leading with strengths in the way that we talk about our children. I mean, you said that I'm like, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. Someone when I'm meeting someone for the first time, and I'm feeling a need to put Asher in context, Mm -hmm. I always start with the way he's different and in in a more challenging way. Yes, I think it's so 
vital. And I think we all do it in, in different ways, you know, in, in, circum- in different sort of types of circumstances. And it's very easy to get into that pattern. So I would just say, what is incredible about your child? And then start with that. Because what you're saying is, this is who he is. Mm-hmm. Not, this is where he's challenged. Start with, this is who he is. My child is incredibly curious. He is empathetic and kind. And here's what he does in these types of situations. And then, yes, of course, you can say, here's some areas we're working on. Mm-hmm. Because then the challenge is not who he is. Right. The character is. Right? That's great. That's such an important distinction. How do kids then benefit? I'm just curious in the work that you've done with parents. How have you seen kids change when they're being strongly supported by their parents or their teachers or their people around them in developing their characters and their strengths? I think everybody benefits. When we look at children in terms of strengths, everybody benefits because that child then feels worthy. They feel like, you know how many times I've said my child is the finder of all lost things, right? My child is the one who he is so curious. He is, he will find anything that's lost. And he's the type of person that, you know, if, if somebody's lost something, he's going to be the first to say, Hey, let me help you find that because he knows his strength. He knows I've said it so many times, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so, so they know that this is something that they can do really, really well. Well, I benefit, right? Because he finds all my lost things, right? (laughs) Somebody lost a phone or, you know, something between the couch cushions or he remembers where it is. He just knows, you know, he's great at puzzles. He's great at like spatial relations. Okay. This is one of your areas. You can build like the Dickens. My gosh, these things that you come up with. He knows I've told him many times, but it also winds up benefiting us, right? Because he could take that strength and how can I apply it? Mm. My daughter knows what a good friend she is to people. She knows it so that when somebody's on their own and alone, she'll be the one who approaches her. She mm. knows it mm-hmm. because that's who she is. That's how she's seen. So everyone benefits from the different things that you know people do. And then as you're trying to develop more things, like anytime my, you know, my son jumps up and says, let me help you with that. I, I, I take that moment. And I, I go down to his level and I say, thank you so much. That really makes a difference to me when you step up like that. I, I really appreciate when you step up. You are the kind of person who steps up when somebody else is in need. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm developing the skill. Maybe he doesn't have it all the time. He's six, but it's meaningful to me. Yeah. yeah. So you take the moment and you do it. So every wind up, everybody winds up benefiting from that, you benefit because you get the help, right? You're developing this child that you think is really amazing. He benefits because he's he's developing this skill. And then when he goes out into the world and you're not there, he's, he's stepping up. Then he gets more positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. So how do you want the world to be looking at your child? What do you want him to lead with? Everybody wants to be seen, but they want to be seen for their strengths. They want to be seen for what they, you know, bring to the table. And when the world wants to label you by your wiring rather than by what you bring to the table in terms of character, in terms of who you really are, because of your unique wiring sometimes, not even despite of it, mm-hmm. you are sold short. So who are you? What am I developing in you? And then how does it benefit the world? Let me tell you the way is it benefits me. 
And you know what? This is what I saw. This is what I heard about the way you use character in the world today at, at school or with a friend. And that, and this is why, why those people benefited from what you did. Hmm. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. It's such a boost to their self-esteem. You know, I talk with Asher, I use similar language with him. You know, you're the kind of person who really is concerned about equal rights. And Mm -hmm. that's really one of your strengths, or, you know, you're the kind of person who, or I notice you. And when I say those things to him, he just kind of gets Mm. a little taller. And it's like, thank you. Like, he really feels it and owns it. So it is such a boost to their self esteem and confidence, which for a lot of differently wired kids, isn't necessarily as high as it could be. Exactly. And they're constantly being told that what they're doing is wrong in looks, in words, you know, that people give them that feedback so much of the time. So we need to be the ones who say, this is what you're doing right. This is what I see when I look at you. This is who I see. And, you know, for the child who you're a 12 year old for a child who's six, they had compounded by the fact that they're also, their brain is barely developed there, right? They're like, 
you know, they're still really young and doing a lot of the behavioral choices of their age on top of maybe being differently wired. So they're going to be getting that much more back to, you know, of, of corrections. Um, as they're getting older, then they get the, you know, then they get the people who are like, well, he's already 12. He should be acting like this, right? So mm-hmm. at that point, we need to really highlight their strengths so that they can see, you know, that what those people may have said or reflected back to them isn't actually the truth. And we don't want it to, you know, create the feedback loop of, you're not good enough, then I'm not good enough. And then it goes back and forth and keeps, you know, building up steam and they hear it that much louder. So we got to break that up and help them to see who they really are. Do you have a few minutes to explain your core concept, which I I know is about building self-esteem. And I, I just loved the way you presented on your website. So tell our listeners what that is about. So when we're talking about core, we're talking about how do kids really see themselves? And I core stands for comparison, observation, recognition, and expertise or efficacy. So when we're talking about compar- comparison, I do two questions. How do I stack up versus what strengths do I bring to the table? So we were talking about that, right? We want to focus on what each person brings to the table you know, in, in whatever circumstance they're in, whether it's, you know, to build a group or creating a family and use that instead of comparison. So how, like, what strengths do I bring to the table? Observation is about the questions of do the messages I glean demean me or support me? So what messages are our kids getting at home, at school, in the community, Self-esteem is really challenged when we're being told we're not good enough. So we want to surround ourselves with the right people who support us, not demean us. That's when I was talking about diversifying your friendship circles and really exposing your children to the right mentors. Recognition embodies the questions, are my qualities and assets overlooked or are they celebrated? That's what we were talking about when every child comes in they're, they have all these strengths that they bring, but often they're covered over by dirty laundry, whether it's different, being differently wired and people label them that way, or they're labeled the bitch, the shy one. I could be all, a whole host of things. Those with low self-esteem are really likely to receive low praise because of that feedback loop. They put it out there. I'm not worthy. Something's wrong with me. And then they get low praise. At the same time, we don't want to give them false praise. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you're great at everything. Good job. Okay, that doesn't work either. We want to celebrate meaningful strengths. I talk about character connecting. So what did your child do that made, you know, that made something happen? You know, one thing I know about you is that each time that you see somebody who's upset, you're the first one to go and say, how can I help you? One thing I know about you is that when you say you're going to do something, you finish it. You know, these are, this is, that's real praise, right? You're praising who they are, Mm -hmm. like the character they bring to the table. And then expertise. Am I honing or am I phoning in my skills? Your, Your drive, your perseverance, that's what allows you to reach mastery. So you want to help your kid to develop their skills and something that really thrills them. You know, it's really gratifying to people when they achieve success in an area that's meaningful to them. 
maybe, you know, some of the stuff in school isn't that meaningful and they do really well. Well, great. You know, that's, that's good in some way, but what about the kid who, you know, really loves soccer, but not so great in it, you know, and then finally is doing well, or, you know, the child who is challenged in the area of friendship, but finally, you know, makes a really good friend, like that's gratifying, because it's meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we need to, you know, develop those skills in our children, but find out what is it that they're really hoping to develop. I know for my kids, you know, they're really into science, they're really into uh, nature. So anytime that I have an opportunity to expose them to that, you know, if they have a day off from school, we're going to be, you know, often doing something around science or nature because they don't get to do it as much in school. And then they can develop those skills. That's meaningful to them. And that will build their self-esteem. That's awesome. I will leave a link to this article um, on Robin's website for listeners too, because it's just breaks this down nicely and gives you some great questions that you can go through with your child to kind of get into this and see how they're doing with their self-esteem, which I think is so important. So before we go, this has been, first of all, super interesting. And I have once again, a page full of notes and lots of to do's personally that I'm going to be working on. Love that. Love that. Would you spend a a moment just letting us know how people can get in touch with you and tell us a little bit about your new podcast? Sure. So people can can get in touch with me uh, at drrobinsilverman.com. Robin is with a Y. So it's D-R-R-O-B-Y-N-S-I-L-V-E-R-M-A-N. So drrobinsilverman.com. And they can also reach me on facebook.com slash Dr. Robin Silverman. I often post all kinds of interesting things up there, whether it's other people's articles, my own, uh, my media appearances, um, and sometimes just a little bit of a pep talk, like I was talking about earlier about, you know, parent the child you have. Uh, I get a lot of responses to those kinds of paragraphs that I put out there. And they're things that I, I work on myself. So you know, when I'm working on something in my own head, I put it out there for the world to contemplate as well. <laughs> and uh, twitter.com slash Dr. Robin. And my podcast is how to talk to kids about anything. And what we're doing, and you're going to be on it. So that's exciting. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but what we're talking about there is all those conversations that we should be having with our kids, but we're not really sure what to say or what to do or when to have them. We're talking about them, and I've interviewed all different incredible experts who are at the very top of their fields and interviewed them on these types of conversations we need to be having with kids, whether it's how to um, deal with really big feelings and tantrums or you know how to talk to kids about divorce or you know the big ones like sex or drugs, bullying, uh, adoption. You know, it, it spans... Uh, so many different types of topics. They've been so interesting. And uh, I feel like people walk away with everything is for me is about tips, scripts, stories, and steps. Hmm. So how can we get these conversations on the table, but also what can we be doing, you know, to help our kids understand these concepts and, you know, how can we best serve our kids so that they walk away understanding, you know, about money, allowance, charity, you know, whatever the topic may be. And, you know, some of these topics are very intimidating, you know, Um, and I was like shrinking under the table when I was, (laughs) gosh, I mean, when I was interviewing the woman about this woman, Dina Alexander, about sex, how do I talk to my kids about sex? I'm like, I know you're talking to me. Like, I I know 
you're talking to me. And I was like, oh God, like I can't imagine saying these words. And yet, you know, once they're out there, you have to do it, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do it. So it's challenging for me (laughs) as my own person, but so interesting and so helpful. You really feel like you have an expert who's like taking you by the hand and saying, say this, do this. It's totally okay to mess up. We're going to do this together and uh, we'll try again. So it's it's been such a learning experience and anybody can get how to talk to kids about anything on iTunes and I would love it if you check it out. That's awesome. I can't wait to listen. I will be including links for our listeners to check it out. And that work is so important. I am such a huge fan of scripts, like tell me mm-hmm. what to say me too. and I will say it. But yes, and it seems often so kind of straightforward when somebody was like, Oh, yeah, of course, that's what you say. But when you're so stuck in your head and your baggage and confusion, it's hard to get there on your own. Exactly, exactly. You know, so much of the time, it is really straightforward, like, just say these words, like you actually just have to say, I'm like, Oh, but those words, (laughs) (laughs) say those words. Yes, you have to say those words. Um, And it's, it's so helpful. And then it's like, you know, what do you do? You know, what do you do in this situation? I was interviewing somebody on, you know, allowance and saving money and spending money and teaching kids about that. She's like, you know, kids are really financially illiterate. We have to teach them how this was Neil Godfrey that I had interviewed. And she's amazing with you know, really helping kids to understand money. And like, I've got to do this. And we talked about it at the dinner table that night. And it's like, there it is. It's already underway and and we're already putting it into flow. Yes. Excellent. Well, congratulations. And I know you're super busy. And so I want to thank you for taking the time to come by and have this conversation. I know it's going to really benefit our listeners. And I'm just grateful we got to have you on the show. Oh, I'm so grateful for me to be here and to speak with you. It's just been delightful. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, including links to Robin's podcast, how to talk to kids about anything, and the rest of the resources we discussed, visit tiltparenting.com slash session 61. If you like what we're doing here at the podcast, please consider helping us cover some of the production costs. It's fast, easy, and pain-free. And for as little as $2 a month, you can make a positive impact here at Tilt Parenting Central. To support us, visit patreon.com slash tilt parenting. And lastly, if you like what you heard on today's episode and you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or leaving a review. Both things help our podcast get more visibility. Thanks again for listening. For more information on Tilt Parenting, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. 
I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.